Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. And I'm going to have the pleasure and honor of introducing Mr. Brandon Fong. What is happening, sir? Matt, I've been, I saw this in my calendar at the end of the week, and I've been looking forward to it for every second. This is the most important place in the entire world I can be right now. I love you so much, and I'm excited to contribute. I got time blocked out. I'm here for you guys. You are awesome, man. This has been fun. I, was t- I told these guys at the very beginning, I'm like, I'm so fired up to bring this guy in. Um, like, it's, you know, Brandon and I have gotten to uh, to connect a couple times here, just, you know, virtually over the last month or so. Um, and, you know, one of the things I told him on our last call, and I'm going to tell you guys now, too, you just have... You just know sometimes, right? You you are around somebody and they make you feel a certain way. There's a synergy that happens. There's an energy that happens. There's a, a mutual admiration that happens. There's a relationship that takes place, right? And, and that's a special thing. When you find that, you cultivate that. And there's a reason for that. And that's not accidental. And, uh, you know, Brandon, I can easily and safely say that that's definitely been the case with you. Every time I get off the phone with him or off this call, I'm just like, all right, life is better now, you know, life is good. So, <laughs> Same here, man. Man, totally. And you're, and that's even for a guy who's in Wisconsin, like you're in Wisconsin, man, <laughs> right? You're in Wisconsin. And Absolutely. I wish Kaleo yeah. was here. Kaleo is from Wisconsin too, but I don't see him on the call on this one. But uh, yeah, man, it is an honor to have you, brother. Thanks so, for having me, man. I'm excited to dive in. Let's, let's, uh, let's do that. Let's definitely dive in. And I think you've heard some of these conversations we've had before, but, um, you know, what I like to do is I always like to kind of take you back, which, you know, sometimes we have guests that are in their sixties and seventies and I'm like, Hey, let's go back to when you were 14, 15 and give us the X-Men origin story from there. You don't have to go back quite as far as some of those guys. Um, but I'd still like to do that, man. And give us a little bit of the X-Men story about, you know, you growing up and, and kind of bring us to the amazing impact you're having right now. For sure. So I'm going to take you guys back 13 years. So I'm, I'm 26. Uh, so I'm going to take you guys back to Wisconsin Hills middle school. And you guys are most of the, can I just kind of show a hand just so I understand Like most of you guys are in high school right now or high school. If you're in high school, raise your hand. Okay. Middle school. Anybody, maybe I got lots of off camera. So most people, most people in high school. Okay. So I'm in middle school and, uh, I want to want you guys to pretend for a second that we're all you're invisible, my invisible partners in this story. So you're just kind of here observing this. So we're in Mrs. Dentisi's sixth grade classroom and everybody's working on a project and it's getting towards the end of the hour. So everybody's kind of staring at the digital clock, waiting for it to hit the next number, because you guys know what happens right before lunch. It's like, come on, let's just get out of here. So we're all sitting, we're waiting for the, the, the time to hit. The time finally hits and all my classmates jump to their feet and they make a beeline for the cafeteria. But since you're my invisible friend that's just kind of observing, you're looking at the classroom and you see there's one kid that did not jump up to his feet that is taking his sweet time packing his bag and is kind of dinking on, dinking away on his way to go to lunch. And if you haven't guessed, that kid was me. And I always keep this picture on my desk to show it. So if you're listening to audio, you obviously can't hear it. But if you guys are here on camera, you can see it. This is this is little 13-year-old Brandon. I got the Bugs Bunny teeth, <laughs> free braces. Uh, and uh, and you may be wondering, why would any sixth grader procrastinate on going to lunch when you guys know lunch is the one break that you get during the day? And it's because when I would go through the lunch checkout line, 
I'd have my plastic tray with the nutritious chicken nuggets or pizza, whatever is on sale for the day. <laughs> and as I would wait to go through the line, my heart would start beating faster and faster because I'd watch my friend go through. He'd type in his student ID. The computer screen would show $5 or whatever. Then Kate would go through. She would get something. She would get a little dessert. And then it showed $6 or whatever. I'd get up, be my turn. I'd type in my student ID, 156403. I'll never forget it. And then up on the screen pops Brandon Fong, free lunch, $0 and zero cents. So that was super embarrassing for me. I went to a relatively wealthy school district. So I was one of the few kids that was on the free lunch program. And I wanted to hide that so badly. I had several strategies to avoid my, make sure my friends didn't see it. There was the hide in the bathroom strategy where I would hide in the, I would go, I would take an extra long time in the bathroom so that there was no one in the lunch line. No one can see it. There was the distract my friends, the last minute strategy where, where I, I would strike up a conversation right as I typed in my ID and be like, Hey, <laughs> tell me about your day. Oh. Um, and, and as I look at, that was a super painful moment for me. And like I said, that was like 13, 14 years ago now, but now that I've had the opportunity to go back and rewrite my stories, I realized that that was one of the most powerful experiences that could have ever happened to me because it forced me and inspired me to look at things differently, to, to change and, and, and grow as a result of that. And I have the world's most amazing parents. They were always into self-improvement and all that kind of stuff. So I, I had this really cool, sweet and sour of like having the desire to make things different, but having the loving and caring environment. And uh, just like what Matt's providing to you guys, it's like you guys, you guys get that component of somebody that's pushing you and that cares for you and that loves you. So that that's kind of the start of the origin story of me wanting to be an entrepreneur. And I have some other high school experiences I love to share, but I'll just pause for a second, Matt, if you want to jump in there at all. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, I, I, I do. First of all, I want to hug 13 year old Brandon and just be like, man, it's all good. You know, like that's a big, but that's really what I want. And you kind of started touching on that, like the strategies that you were forced to adapt for yourself, right? The, um, you know, I'm going to kind of, Hey, I'm going to kind of make you look over here. I'm going to kind of wait, um, until nobody's there. I'm going to hide in the bathroom. I'm going to go do that. That is, that is, um, you know, those are adaptations, right? It's adaptations from you paying attention and thinking about what is going on, thinking about what your perception was of the world, what you wanted other people's perceptions of you to be, um, and and strategizing around how to adapt to not be a product of your environment, but to make your environment a product of you, mm. right? And I and I that's kind of where I want to go. Like, wow. so those have to have played out in a good fashion later on. Mm -hmm. Like that adaptability has got to be part of your story now and your hero's journey is that understanding how to adapt that had to be. So you, you're cultivating that early. And I, I would yeah. imagine adaptation has got to be a strength for you. It, it is. And no one's ever called that out. So I appreciate you, you highlighting that, but I would say so because it's like, it was always trying to figure out how to make something work. It wasn't a matter of like, Oh, I can't have this. So I'm just not going to do it. It was a matter of like, Oh, Maybe, and I, this is another story I don't tell that often, but like I, some kid made fun of me because I wore glasses and we had like, uh, had government assistance for getting vision care or whatever. So I had these glasses and I wanted contacts. And so um, I, 
had to figure out how to pay for contacts as like this 11, 12 year old or whatever. So like I went and I sold my Pokemon cards. I, I went, <laughs> I wow. sold my Pokemon. I tried, I yeah. tried selling rubber band balls at one point, my, my earlier days, but you know, it's like, I, I used to be so frustrated at my parents for like, like, like why can't, especially when like, you know, I, like I said, I went to a relatively wealthy school district. Yeah. So it's like, I saw all my friends that it's like, they wanted the newest gaming system. They like wanted to go play laser tag or whatever. And it was like, whenever I wanted to do something like that for my family, it was always a discussion. I was always afraid to ask that kind of stuff. And yeah. I saw them just get it. And I'm like, what the hell, what the heck, you know, like, why, like, why, why can't I just have that? But like, oh my God, if, if I, I would not take that back for a second, a second. I am, I am eternally, eternally, eternally grateful for having to figure things out. Cause my friends that were given those opportunities, given everything from a very early mm -hmm. age, they didn't have to start thinking that way of not, Oh, I'm just not going to be able to figure this out. Like, like how do I actually make this, this work? So you're absolutely right that um, at the time I literally hated it. I would complain. Sure. I would, I would, I would be frustrated with my parents all the time, but like that was training, man, exactly. Like you said. So now it's just like your, my brain is connected on how to solve problems. So absolutely. It's so rad. And it's so rad to look, it's so rad to look back and you guys, you know, most of you guys on, you guys are, you know, 13, 16, 18. So you guys, um, maybe not, maybe you haven't had these experiences yet as much, but as you get older, man, you just do, you have these experiences where you look backwards, like Brandon's talking about and you go, Oh, I thought that sucked. What a gift that was. And you start to see that more and more and you start to connect dots backwards. Um, and it really is a powerful thing. You only do that if you're paying attention, you're trying to move forward in a positive way. It allows you to look back and go, man, now I'm grateful for that. Um, but gosh, what a mm. gift. And okay. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I share one other thing really quick? Yeah. Here? I, I feel called to share it. So, so I had someone on my podcast share this concept and he calls it the relationship conversation. I think this is really relevant and something that I wish I had kind of realized a little bit earlier. So hopefully this is valuable for you guys. And it may seem a little abstract at first, but I'll try to make it super concrete. So the, this guy, Neil Moore, he's working on creating uh, a change in creativity for humanity, a breakthrough in creativity for humanity. So he's taught hundreds of thousands of people how to play piano um, and, and like teaching people how to tap into the more creative component of their brains. But he teaches about this important thing called the relationship conversation. And it has to do with, he observed what are the components of all long-term relationships of anything of, you know, uh, it could be playing the piano. It could be with a significant other. It could be with a friend of yours. It could be with a hobby or a passion that you have. And there are six components that happen for any type of relationship. There's three that have to do with duration of time and three that have to do with the quality of that, what, what you're going through. So there's no matter what you look at any graph, there's things that are going to happen for a short period of time, a long period of time and a medium period of time, right? Like you look at stocks, it's just kind of how it happens. It just kind of yeah. just does that same with relationship quality. You have things that are going good, not so good and bad. Right. And so the, the, the really interesting thing is that when things are going bad, the, for the dialogue and the things that we tend to say is something is wrong. Something is not supposed, like this is not right. But if you take the really high level perspective, it's actually incorrect. It is supposed to be happening. It is 100% accurate that you were supposed to be going through that downturn. It uh. is the way that all relationships work. So yeah. just to add on top of that, what you said is like, as you get older, it's like when wow. things are not going well, 
yeah. realize that that is in the grand scheme of things, it is the relationship of how anything functions. Yeah, it's part of that journey. And it makes sense. I've never heard it framed that way. And I really, really like that. Um, and it makes sense because we talk, you know, especially in the schools that I build and, you know, a little bit metaphorically here too, we talk about the hero's journey, right? We talk about, um, you know, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell's work and, and the, you know, the multiple steps through the hero's journey. And when I was in Texas this last week, um, one of the other owners from around the world, he's a brilliant human being. He's down in Guatemala. Um, he's actually mentioned in Covey's books of seven habits of highly effective people, you know, and he's one of the original acting owners. Um, he says, you guys don't forget the hero's journey is a circle. It's a circle. Mm -hmm. And it means if you're really on that hero's journey, eventually you get back to the part where you're going to have to face some more dragons that's just part of continuing that journey. It's a circle. And so embrace that because that means once you slay that dragon, you know, you're coming back now with the gift that you're going to bring to the world. And it's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I forgot that cycle is supposed to be there, mm -hmm. you know, and that's another great way to frame that, man. I love that. Neil Moore to author, look up his work. That's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a good guy. That's phenomenal. Okay. So take us. So, so then take us into, uh, into high school a little bit. Yeah. So I'll take you guys to my junior year of high school. And this is where I started to learn about the power of connection. So like, I was literally exactly where you guys are at right now. So that's why this story is so cool. And I was so grateful to be able to share this with you guys. So anybody hear about the, the there's a club called DECA. Do you guys have DECA in your, or, or heard about it? Okay. It's, it, it, I remember DECA. Okay. It, it was a, it was a business club in, in high school. So um, I had the opportunity to compete with a business plan. And so because I wanted to, I had that earlier experience of wanting to be an entrepreneur. I saw my parents growing a business. I'm like, I'm going to come up with a business plan. And the only thing I could think of, because my dad used to own a restaurant and my grandpa owned a restaurant was, well, why don't I come up with a concept that was a food truck? So my food truck business plan, it was called the Sizzlin' Ninja. You guys, you guys won't remember, you, won't, you, you, you won't remember this, but like what before I, I, I was at high school in a really weird age where we were just starting to get phones. Like, so like, we, there was a mix of kids that did or didn't have phones. Yeah. And so we had AIM back then where you got after school and you would, you would message people. So my screen name at the time was Asian Ninja 221. Yes. <laughs> and so like that was, maybe that was something about the, something about the food truck thing. But anyways, um, I got to compete at this competition and I worked for forever on this business plan. I get to go to state. I give my presentation. I think I crush it. And for anybody that is competing, you know that you're sitting in the stadium and they're announcing the winners and you're waiting to figure out if you got on the podium at all. And then they, they announced third place, they announced second place. And then there's that weird moment where you're like, did I screw up and I'm not even, I'm not even here or did I win the whole thing? Yeah. And then they announced yeah. my name and I found out that I, I took first place in the state with the sizzling ninja food truck. Yay. Yes. Um, but so I was on a high for the next few days, but then I go back to school the following day and my advisor for this group sits everybody down that competed at state that gets to go to internationals and says, awesome, congratulations, you qualified. And she slides this piece of paper across my desk that has the itinerary and like all the details for the trip. And of course I'm leafing through it. I'm super excited, but then I hit the last page and my heart sinks and it shows the, the cost of the trip. It's a thousand dollars and 80 cents or something like a thousand eighty dollars and 40 cents or something like that. And 
again, going back to that the conversation we already had before, it's like, you know, immediately I was kind of like, oh my God, I can't, like my first reaction was like, I can't make that happen. How do I do that? But then it was like, okay, because I've been doing this since I was 13 paying for my contacts, it's like, how do we, how do we do this? Right. And so my, I, I told my parents about it. My dad introduced me to my first ever mentor. Her name is Brenda Campbell. She's the, uh, 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 president of a nonprofit organization. And he said, uh, maybe Brenda can share something about how to fundraise for your trip. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. So he introduces me to Brenda and Brenda takes me under her wing. And I, I don't know what she saw in me, but like, there's lots of lessons here. I cared. I was passionate about something. I was, I was working on my sizzling ninja food truck. Brenda saw that I cared about this. And she says, I will introduce you to some people and show you how to fundraise. And so she opened up her network to me. And even though my, my email address was Asian Ninja 221 at gmail.com, even though I was just a 16 year old, she started introducing me to really high level people. And she taught me something that absolutely changed my life. And the first time I heard it, I will say, I didn't understand what it means. I'm still understanding what it means at a deeper level. But she told me, Brandon, if you ask for money, you'll get advice. But if you ask for advice, you'll get money. I'm like, okay, well, that, I mean, that, that sounds, it sounds pippy. Like I, I kind of get what, what that means, but she, and, but, but she didn't, tell me what that meant. She showed me what, what it meant. So this is what it meant. She said, I want you to go to these people that I introduced you to, and I want you to ask them for feedback on your business plan. Take that feedback to improve your business plan. And then once they've invested in you and you show how grateful you are and how, how excited you are that they've contributed to me getting to go to nationals, ask them if they'd be willing to donate and fundraise to support you go, to go to this international competition. <laughs> so I do that. And the first time I do it, I just can't believe how easy it was because the dude just was like, yeah, here's a hundred bucks. And I'm like, sweet. Like I'm already like 10% of the way there. Yes. And my other job was, was scooping custard for $7 and 25 cents an hour. So I was doing the math, like, okay, that's how many hours of working at cops custard <laughs> for a hundred yeah. bucks, you know? So I keep doing that, keep doing that. And then uh, eventually it's a few weeks before the trip. I'm still 500 bucks short. And I'm like, Brenda, I don't really, you know, I, and he's still, I'm still a little bit short. She says, Oh my gosh, I forgot to introduce you to Kevin Kowalki. And Kevin Kowalki is like a, a, a big deal entrepreneur in the local area. He's got a mastermind and he's connected with some people and he's really passionate about supporting the next generation. So she connects me to, to Kevin. I sit down, I give my presentation like usual. And then at the end, he asks me, how much do you have left to pay for the trip? And I'm like, well, I'm short like 500 bucks. And so he pulls out his checkbook and he writes something on the check and I don't want to be rude. I'm not like trying to stare at it, but he writes something on the check. He puts it in the envelope and it says, all right, man, thanks so much for coming today. I appreciate you. And uh, let me know how the trip goes. So I'm like, okay, that's alluding to something. So of course, yeah. what would the, what would the first thing you guys would do when you cross the door? The first thing I do to the door is I rip open the checkbook and he wrote me a check for 500 bucks. And so I got to go to this international competition. And so the, the, the cool, the, the, the thing is I didn't end up placing at state. I, I didn't end up placing on the international competition, but it was because exactly what, what Matt said earlier, it was because I had to figure out a way to do something that I, that both with the help of my dad introducing me to Brenda and then with Brenda showing me the ropes, my eyes opened to the fact that, oh my gosh, there is a hard way of doing things and there's an easy way of doing things. And the easy way of doing things has to do with learning how to connect with people, how like who is already accomplished what you want to accomplish and how can you learn directly from them and shortcut years of trial and error. And like my mind just blew up and like, and so I started thinking this way and I have had like, we will continue down the journey. I'm sure Matt, where you can take where you want to go, but 
that was the moment that the light bulb went on. And I've since been refining and tweaking and testing and how do I connect with higher and higher level people? And I've been able to, I feel super blessed to connect with some, some, some incredible people, despite the fact that I was starting at age 16. And so I'll say one more thing. I'll let you jump in, Matt, but it's like, we were having a conversation earlier this week. And I, I would, I would imagine that as a high schooler, as a middle schooler, you may have the thought because I'm young, it's hard for me to reach out to these people. Right. Somebody wants to actually, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll say it now. The funny thing is that you think that you're too young, but then I've talked to lots of people that are that, that get older and older. And then what's their excuse? I'm too old. <laughs> so like, no matter where you are, <laughs> no matter where you are, so you're going to have something. So, so the, the, I would encourage everyone to reframe. And I truly to my core believe this to be true, that you guys have a significant, significant advantage over people that are older and more experienced than you, if you follow exactly what Matt is sharing with you guys and the, the stuff that you guys are going through, because they somebody will see a young, ambitious person. And if they can invest in the right person, there's I have found it is a very huge commonality between successful people is they want to pass their legacy forward. They want to invest in the next generation. It is a, it is one of their top needs actually. So you are helping contribute to them by being that mentee that allows them to, to invest in and actually implementing and getting results because these people want to pass their legacy on. They want to make an impact. And some of the best ways they can do that is by sharing their hard fought knowledge with you guys listening to this call right now. So uh, yeah, let's go all over, but. Oh God, that's exactly right. Do you guys understand how powerful that is? He's talked literally talking about collapsing time, collapsing time, right? That's the beauty of, of a great book is you have somebody's knowledge over 40 years of, a, of whatever, 50 years of a life, you know, and they take their knowledge and they take the most important pieces and the patterns that you need to realize and they collapse it and they go, here you go in a consumable format where you get to go, oh my gosh, and it should change you and it should change your perspective and it should change your trajectory, right? When you are connecting with good people, it does the exact same thing. It collapses time for you. It increases your opportunity. And if you can collapse, if I can collapse time at 42, well then cool. I've got a certain amount of time left that I can go impact, you know, people based on what I learned. When you can do it at 16, you've got even more time to go forward and impact. And what Brandon is saying is so spot on, man. It is a, it is, it becomes a need right? Tim and I developed this program as a need. We're talking to these dads. It's a need. We need to do this. We want to do this and pour everything we can into you. And all you've got to do is take that and run. I mean, that's it. You know, that's it. And it's so flipping exciting. So, I mean, uh, I want to sing Brandon's praises here for a second too. So I get, um, you know, I get, I get, I don't know if I had to guess, conservatively, probably seven or eight pitches, maybe a week, right? Where somebody will pit. And that's what I say is they'll pitch me. They'll go, Hey, I need to come on your podcast. Here's why I don't get that. Brandon, he and I didn't know each other. And he reached out and was just like, Hey man, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing, but here's how I want to help. And I want to help you and I want to help you with nothing, you know, desired to come back. Like if this just helps you, I just love what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. Here's, you know, here's how I can help. If there's anything I could, I mean, it was just like, 
hey, it was an open door for a relationship with an initial give with no ask in return. And as soon as I saw that, I went, okay, this is the person who understands how relationships work, understands what good networking actually means because you're starting to develop a relationship if there's anything that's going to actually develop. And so it took me 30 seconds to go look through, took a look at who he was. And I'm like, Brandon, I think I even responded to you with, I think you almost already knew that I was going to respond back with a yes. Like this is easy or something I like that. that. I found, I found our initial email. Exchange. Did you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I did. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's very much the case. So tell people, um, or we tell these guys and tell listeners like, what is, what does life look like right now? What is kind of your day-to-day? What kind of things are you doing that's impacting? Cause then I want to be able to get these guys on here to ask some questions too. So, um, yeah, hundred percent right now. So, um, another, I, I, it's cool talking to you guys specifically, cause I, I'm sharing things from a slightly different perspective, but like, you know, as I've looked back throughout my life, starting with those experiences with Brenda, I think it's really important to notice patterns like, and you guys are still young, you're still figuring out and you're identifying these patterns. But like one of the patterns that occurred to me over and over and over again was this theme of connection of like learning how to connect with people. Um, and like, I had some more experiences in college and that, in that thing. So like, I truly believe that like the reason why I'm here right now is to create a more deeply connected world. And when I, when I say that, I mean, connected in every sense of the word, I mean, connecting deeper with myself, I mean, connecting with other human beings. I mean, connecting other human beings with resources and tools and techniques that they need to help grow their skills and their abilities. And so it, it just so happens that podcasting is what I believe to be one of the greatest expressions of that. Because it's like, I get to connect with incredibly high level people. I get to share with an audience and build a relationship with an audience. And so like, I'm answering that question from the perspective of the vehicle may change. I don't see myself ever stopping podcasting, but like what, what I will do will absolutely change. You talked about the hero's journey, but like, I, I believe that some component of connection is always going to be present. So the way that that is currently manifesting in my life right now is I run a podcast. It's called seven figure millennials. It's all about inspiring millennial entrepreneurs to prioritize their happiness, health, and relationships as they make their entrepreneurial dreams a reality. And, um, I do that from the perspective of not the guy that knows it all, not the guru on top of the mountain, but rather the guy that is documenting his journey. I'm still building my first seven figure business but I'm sharing what I'm learning along the way. I'm still getting mentored. I'm still applying everything that we're talking about today um, in, in exactly what I'm doing. So I have the podcast, but I also are, I'm helping other people to leverage their a podcast as a way to build authentic relationships with incredibly high value people that can make a transformational impact inside of their businesses. So for people that have high, what they call lifetime value of a client or ACV, average contract value of a client, meaning they're spending lots of money. Um, those are relationships. And I think that lots of people in this space right now are, they view it from a hunting perspective. Like, how do I find this person and get them to buy my stuff? I take the opposite approach. And how do I find the people that I want to love on, that I want to build a relationship with and contribute and create exponential value in their life? And if we can work together, Heck yeah. But if, if not, I've contributed to an incredible human. So like I, I come at it from a different lens and a different perspective and I have a system side of my brain that allows people to do that as well. So um, that's how Matt and I continue to have these conversations. It's just a matter of when Matt and I end up working together. We don't know how quite yet, but like, right. that, it's just like we clicked because we, we start, we set the foundation correctly and like, I don't know what it looks like, but I love what Matt's doing. I love how he's supporting you guys and however that manifests, whether it's within the next year or so, or much later down the line, 
line, like I don't care because Matt's an awesome human and he's doing some cool stuff. So it's a, it's an interesting approach. Uh, but, but that's how I do it. And so succinctly put, I'm helping people leverage podcasts to build relationships with transformational relationships with people that can move the needle inside their business. You guys, that to me is just, that's just straight power. Um, it's genius. And it is, um, I think it gets to the core of who we are, whether, you know, uh, where, whether you think this is a God-given design, whether you think this is how humans, you know, evolved, I don't care. The reality is that is a DNA trait for us to approach things that way. And it brings back to what he just said, you know, you ask for advice and you'll get money and I'll say one last thing. And then Micah is going to have, um, Micah, you're going to be the first one that I'm going to call on for a question, sir. Um, you know, when we were in, when I was in Texas this last week and I was meeting with all these other owners from around, you know, the world and, and all these people have started schools for their community. Um, and from like 20, I think we're 41 States, 26 different countries, right? So there's all these beautiful people there from all these different cultures. And the first thing some of them did was talk about the ways they got started building their community um, and how they connected with influential people in their community. And that was the common pattern. They didn't go, not a single one of them went after influential people in their community and said, Hey, I'm starting a school. Isn't that awesome? Hook me up with some money or an opportunity. None of them did that. Every one of them started with, Hey, Mr. Influential person, I love what you are doing. I love who you are. Here's specifically what I love about what you're doing. Here's specifically what I've been watching about what you're giving to the community. Here's specifically something that I know that you're doing as a father, um, you know, even outside of this or as a mother outside of this. Um, I understand what your daughter's going through. Like, this is great. Can I just get 10 minutes of your time for some advice? Because I want to have an impact like you're having an impact it was that. Can I get some advice? I know who you are. I appreciate who you are. I love who you are. I want to do something for you in return for 10 minutes of advice. And those are the relationships that turned into, oh, by the way, we're going to buy you a building. Oh, by the way, I'm going to connect you to this group over here. And now you have 30 families that are starting out. Like that's how it always started. It's genius. It's beautiful. It's how the world works. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, absolutely. And just so you know, Matt, I'm inviting myself back. Not that that's ever going to be granted, but like I, there's so much that I want to share that's like tactical that'll help you guys. So like if, if we have time to go deeper into that, cause I want, I want to be able to maybe help you guys. Like you're staring at a blank cursor. What do you say to someone to yes. reach out to them? I think that'd yeah. be valuable. So whether we have time to do that or not, <laughs> I see Aiden's uh, nodding his head. <laughs> He's like, like, yeah. like, I'm sure it's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, he's yes. a killer, dude. He's a go-getter. Yeah, for sure. No, I think we I think we definitely dive in at Micah. I saw your hand come up. Yeah. I want to I want to have you come in, ask a question, and and uh, wherever you guys want to go, ask any question that you guys want to ask, and then um, we can get tactical as well. Go ahead, Micah. You're up, sir. Um, thank you. Uh, so I just have a question for Mr. Fong, and was wondering because I know you started a six-figure millennials, and that six figures is talking about money, correct? So the, the podcast is called seven figure millennials and it's, okay. uh, but yeah. 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 So like, what was your first like job that was like giving you a paycheck for your thing? And how did you move out of that to like a job that would pay better or influ and like help you more in life? A hundred percent. So, um, I'll, I'll tell a, I'll tell a story that will loop into the, like the, some of the other stuff that we talked about. So my senior year of college, 
Um, and this kind of goes to like, that's why I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I've said that a bajillion times, but, but like, I always used my education non-traditionally. Like I always look for ways to get more out of my high school, my college experience. So in college, I wrote a book. Uh, it was called Leverage, Escape the College Rat Race, Design the Life You Want and Take the Real World by Storm, which, you know, pretty, pretty big, crazy title. But it was all about how I was leveraging my college experience non-traditionally to connect with high level people. I ended up getting an endorsement from Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank on my book. And ironically, he, I, I, get to, I got to interview him on my podcast several years right. later. I got an endorsement from the, the guy that was uh, Aaron Kennedy, the founder of Noodles and Company. So it was an exciting project. Again, it was another project I was working on. It didn't work out. I didn't end up becoming this, this crazy, awesome author, but I learned a lot from that. But, but basically, I worked on a startup before I started my own company. That didn't work out in college. I wrote the book. My senior year of college, I'm like, I don't really know what to do next. Right. Uh, so, and I'll, I, I, and so basically I, I went back to what Brenda taught me and I just asked myself the question, who's exactly where I want to be and how can I just learn directly from them instead of doing another business failure or writing another book that just doesn't work. Right. And so the it, interesting question for you guys to think about too here, but like, so what I ended up doing is I, I'm a huge podcast listener. There was a podcaster that I really loved. His name is Jonathan Levy. And uh, he had a, a podcast called Superhuman Academy. It was back then it was called Becoming a Superhuman. And uh, he was a big deal. You know, like he was like, this guy's got a multi several million do million downloads on his podcast, a seven figure business, a TED, TED talk, and he's written a book and all that kind of stuff. And 100,000 students in his online courses. And who am I? Who am I as some 21 year old to reach out to this guy? What value can I add to him? And so I, uh, I sent him an email and I'll, this will allude to like some of the, the tactics so you guys can maybe see the patterns that I'm going to talk about here. And I promise I'll answer your question. Like I haven't forgot, I'll get to it. <laughs> Just give me a long road to get there. But um, I sent him an email. And it was something along the lines of, Hey, Jonathan, I listened to episode 142 of your show, your show with Noah Kagan. And the part where he shared X, Y, Z was incredible. I implemented it and here was the results. Thank you so much for sharing that. And obviously I'm doing this off the top of my head. So I was like actually more specific than that. And then the next part of the email was like, I did some research on what you're up to. And I came up with some specific projects that I'd love to help and support you with. And then the last part of it was, um, I want to do this 100% for free. I don't want to be paid for it. If you like my work, we can figure out a way to work together later. If not, you didn't pay for it. And like, like we can just part our separate ways. Right. And so Jonathan, I, I, you know, I was like, I was, I read the email 3000 times before I sent it. I tweet the, the, and the spacing and like all the, the stuff. And I'm sitting and I'm hovering my finger over the click button. And finally I click the button and he gets back to me in like 12 hours. And he's like, dude, like, let's talk. And so I have a conversation with him. And the first thing he says, well, like, let's do this project, but like, I'm going to pay you for it. Like, I'm not going to make you do this for free. And I'm like, no, I'm doing this for you for free. And we will go from there. And so I was adamant about it, even though he offered to pay me. And that one project turned into me actually running his marketing for three years right out of college. And so that, that was the, um, th that was my first quote unquote clients. Cause yeah, I was, I was technically like his employee, but I mean, the, yeah. So, but, but I mean, that was my first experience in the entrepreneurial realm. I was more of an entrepreneur cause I was, I was working on an initiatives inside of Jonathan's company, but here's where it gets. And during the time I was on the team, we helped add over a hundred thousand students to our online courses, 1.5 million downloads to the podcast. 
I got to see the ins and outs of how Jonathan was working on everything. I got to run campaigns, email campaigns that were sending to tens of thousands of people and learn about copywriting and all this crazy cool stuff. Mm. And uh, Jonathan just kind of let me fly inside, inside of his business. And it was a blast. And I'll say one more thing. And then um, I'll, I'll directly answer your question, Micah, but, but Jonathan got into a high level group called genius network. Um, and to be inside of this group, you need to be a seven, eight or nine figure entrepreneur, pretty successful dude. Jonathan spent years being the entrepreneur to kind of qualify for getting into genius network. He goes to his first meeting. He's pumped. He like, he like sends me a message on Slack. He's like, dude, this was nuts. Like I got $250,000 of value in the first like 20 minutes here. And he's like, I want to make the most out of my membership. Do you want to come to these meetings? What do you think my reaction was to that? I was like, uh, heck yeah, I'm coming to these meetings. So I got to my senior year of college, leave my college dorm room, or it wasn't the dorm room at the time, but the college campus and literally land in Arizona in Genius Network and get to learn directly from seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs as a 22 year old. I was the youngest person in the room. And that that was um, one of the early, the, the early experiences that went. So, so Micah, to succinctly answer your question, the first real experience that I had kind of doing the entrepreneurial thing was being an entrepreneur within Jonathan's company. And then uh, I left mid COVID. I started the podcast, like to document my entrepreneurial journey from the beginning. So like just, and this was, this was uh 2020 May, 20, like mid, mid COVID kind of a thing. Um, and uh, I, I launched, I'll go back and I'll say to, to answer like my first ever entrepreneurial ventures, I ended up launching a product with Jonathan. So he, we, we became partners on a project and we launched it. We launched a course called Ultimate Advantage, which guess what? It was all about how to build your brand and connect with high level people and skip years of trial and error by connecting with really high level people and, uh, and exactly what I talked about. And we launched that and we had a $45,000 launch the first week that the course opened. And like, there's no way I could have done that by myself. It was because I had Jonathan's help. I had Jonathan's resources. We co-created the product together. So it was branded. Um, and so when I left Jonathan's company, my goal was initially to grow and scale that. But as any entrepreneur figures out, sometimes you're not in alignment. I realized that I didn't like the way the business was shaping out. And that's kind of how I started shifting towards the podcasting stuff. And I've had some other crappy things that have happened to me since then too, which I'm always happy to share, but, but yeah, <laughs> there, there you go. Long answer to your question, Micah, but hopefully that, that helps. So do you guys, do you guys see the pattern here? There wasn't a, okay, well, first you got to go work this minimum wage job. Then you go get, you know, a job that pays a little bit more Then you get a raise there. And then you go make sure you get your degree. Then you go interview for 30 places. And then you take on this position. Then you move into up, you know, middle management. And then you move, you, you see how all of that just gets skipped. If you're intentional about doing the right thing and putting in the work and the value and being intelligent about skipping it. And I always tell these guys about, you know, my foray going into, into public speaking and how, you know, I thought uh, same thing going into public speaking. I'm like, oh, well, in my first keynote, I think it was supposed to, you know, maybe probably charge a thousand bucks here. You do that a little bit. And then maybe I go to charge 5,000. It wasn't until I had some guy go, no, man, you charge whatever you want and then see if they pay it. And if you provide enough value, you'll be some, I'm going, what I can skip. I can jump in here. I can say 15 grand and they go, yeah. And they go, oh my gosh, we would have paid you 50. And I'm like, what the, like you just skip right to, if you're doing the right thing and you're doing the work and you're providing the value, that's huge. One more quick story on that. No, you go, you go first. 
No, no, no. I just, but like, hold on. Like, there's, there's, there's something that Matt's saying that he didn't say there, and like it, it. But and it's, it's a really nuanced observation that like is really apparent. But it has to do with worthiness. It mm -hmm. has to do with worthiness. Like, you mm -hmm. have to, if you feel unworthy of charging fifteen thousand dollars, if you feel unworthy to reach out to these people, if you feel unworthy to make things happen, mm -hmm. you won't actually make them happen. Like, actually, do it right. Yep. So, like, there is the trepidation, there is the scariness of like, like fearing it but doing it anyway. Like, I think that was kind of like you said, one of the book recommendations. You know, like, like that is that that's not gonna go away. Um, but, but I just wanted to make sure that, that, that is, so, that is completely normal. It's supposed to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you have to have the confidence and the, the self-confidence, not just right. the confidence, the self-confidence to ask for what you want, um, yep. and know that you'll figure out a way to do it. That's right, man. That's so, it's so good. And, uh, you know, on this heels and Elliot, I, I see you and I'm going to call on you here in just a second. So on the heels of that conversation you know jeff sandifer uh founder of of all things act and academy you know was speaking at this uh last conference this last week and he was talking about a a uh, senior at one of the austin campuses uh this last year and that senior same thing saw some you know saw an organization he wanted to work with um he went through and he made i guess they have like a whatever this organization was, they've got a million plus followers on YouTube and they do like these really kind of creative videos, I guess, that talk about their company and their products and, and all this kind of stuff. So um, this young man who was a student out there, was a senior in high school, um, saw that they were hiring. So he went through, he made some of these creative videos, sent them out, didn't say, I know I'm a high school senior. He just sent all these things out and, um, you know, said, Hey, here you go. Love what you guys do. I created these videos for you. I saw that there's a position open. Let me know, you know, if, if you like my work, great. If not, please take this, use it. It would be an honor just to have you guys use it and never even give me credit. I don't care. Um, you know, and so he puts it out there, didn't hear anything back, followed up with him and just said, Hey, you know, by the way, I really mean it. If there's something that you liked, please use it. If there's a way I could have done better, let me know. But, um, you know, who would have hired a high school kid anyways? Like, I appreciate you even giving me the chance to send you some things. The owner of the organization called him and was like, you know what? We had passed you up. Um, you're right. But going back and reviewing this and looking at this, we do want to use it. We do love what you're doing. Um, and we do want to bring on a second person. So we're going to bring you on. So uh, long story short, he ended up uh, starting to work for them before he even graduated high school. And it was a six figure job. He was 17. Um, that's nice. making videos as part of his day-to-day -day curriculum. You know, that's, and, that's so cool. No, so I have something I want to say, but I can, say I mean, we can no, just go ahead, say, forever, it, so. say it, say it. And then Elliot will go. Okay. Okay. So at the same time that I reached out to Jonathan, I reached out to another entrepreneur. Uh, his name is Noah Kagan, and he, he founded the company AppSumo, sumo.com, uh, pretty successful dude. And I went through the traditional application process. I think if I remember correctly, I might remember all the details, but like he just sent something like I need a, I need a blog writer or something like that. And so I ended up submitting for this project and I got shortlisted, um, meaning like I was put on a smaller list of candidates to, to potentially work, do the, do the job. Um, and then I submitted the second stage and I got rejected. And I said that they, 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 they said I didn't pass or whatever. So here's where it gets interesting is the opportunity starts when they say no. Mm. <laughs> the opportunity starts, they're supposed to say no because, 
And Matt and I just had this conversation earlier this week on cultural hiring. When Matt, when we were having this conversation earlier, it's like it is people will recognize that it is more important to have a cultural fit than the skill sets. Right. So this is where you demonstrate that you were a cultural fit because what people are looking for is people that are willing to push beyond what the traditional limitations are and figure something out. So mm -hmm. when I got that rejection from, from Noah, uh, no, I think it was one of Noah's managers, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, thank you so much. I'd love to hear some feedback on this and how I can make it better. And I'm going to rewrite it. And mm -hmm. so he, the dude spent like a few minutes and he recorded the video. I'm like, awesome. Thank you so much. I rewrote the whole thing. And then I submitted it again. And a few days later, I'm just, I'm hanging out with some friends and I get a text and it's from Noah, not even his manager. And he's like, Hey dude, call me. <laughs> and so yeah. I started working on a project to work with Noah. And so I ended up having like essentially it wasn't a formal offer from Noah yet, but I was in the process and it wasn't a formal offer from Jonathan yet, but I was in the process. And, uh, I think I, I became the, this is, this is not the best term, but I became the attractive girl at the bar because it's like, I had more than one opportunity at the, on the table sure. and Jonathan saw that. And I like, like, so I ended up working with Jonathan and I'm grateful for that, but just wanted to highlight exactly what you said is that like, like, I just, I just hope that you guys see that like the no is supposed to happen. And after the no is when you demonstrate that you have what it takes, that you actually are the kind of person that they want to work with because 99.99% right. of people will get the no and just be like, all right, sounds good. I'm done. Yep. And you can be that 0.01% of person. And it's all, it is surprisingly easy, easy once you have that insight. <laughs> oh, so good, man. So good. It's like, uh, fight club right when they they're starting their club and there's they got these guys and they're making them wait outside and and uh you know tyler durden comes out and tells one guy he's like nope too fat get out of here and he's like oh, okay and he starts to pick up his stuff and then the real guy goes over and grabs him and he's like no dude that's part of it like stay here stick it out like it's okay like we got to see that you're resilient to it like that's it is there's so many little nuances in that book and that movie that are so powerful and that speaks exactly to what you just said exactly what you just said that's when it starts Oh, Elliot, go ahead, sir. Okay, thank you, sir, for coming on. Um, my question was, did you ever have, like, how you said the highs and lows, were you ever at, like, that burnout stage where you couldn't do anything and you felt like quitting? And then from that quit, you were like, I'm not quitting, because we had a couple, it was a couple meetings ago, one of the guys had said he was in, he was depressed, and he just, like, threw that aside and he kept working out and he did this job. I forget what his name was. I think Matt might know. <sighs> I forget his name. But anyways, he had, have you ever had that point where you're like the burnout and then like you can't do anything and you're like, oh, I don't think I'm, I'm going to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you got right back on. Yeah, that's a great question, Elliot. I appreciate that. Um, it's funny because I, I I've done so much work on, on myself that like, it's kind of like when something goes wrong, it's like, Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like something, something is, I'm supposed to learn something from this, you know, like, and I think like I have that approach now. Cause like I recent, I had a recent fallout with a, a business partnership that went terribly. Uh, somebody, somebody that I had a great relationship with, I thought was going really well and it, it's still not going well, but I had, I had one of those reset moments within the past six months. <laughs> and, and it was like, I gave myself, you know, um, I heard this from Hal Elrod. He wrote the book, uh, the miracle miracle morning. And he, this dude is like 
survived crazy car accidents and had cancer and like survived all this stuff. And he has this thing he calls the five minute rule. He's like, he sets a timer and allows himself five minutes to feel sorry for himself. And then after the five minutes is up, he's like, all right, (laughs) now that's not going to do, it's not going to do anything to sit here and uh, worry about it. So um, that that's, so to answer your question, Elliot, I had a burnout recently where I had a, 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 a partnership that went really poorly and I had to kind of reset and go back to my values. When I had my startup company in college, I found out that one of my co-founders was using some of the money to pay for college tuition without telling us. So like that ended pretty poorly too. Um, so, I mean, it's like, I haven't hit like, you know, it's uh, like, like those, those were all crappy things, but like, I hear, I hear stories of entrepreneurs that have gone through much, much worse. So I'm not going to sit and uh, play a small violin, but I will say that I think when things go wrong now, it is, it is the curiosity button comes on. It's like, huh, like there's, there's something here that I'm supposed to be learning. And like the, even, even the business partnership that went wrong several months ago, I would not take that back for a second. And I'm still going through it right now, but it's like, man, what I, what I learned from that. And like, I, I, even though the partnership went wrong, what the partner, what I learned while I was growing with the partner, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm so grateful for the contribution she made to my life. And that'll never change, despite the fact that the partnership went wrong. Um, But I think it's, it, it is interesting to have that, uh, I think curiosity is one of those key things that like once something gets here, you just start to realize. And um, I would encourage you guys, oh, there's a whole separate topic, but journal, like journal on this stuff. Like I've been journaling since my sophomore year of high school and to see your thinking evolve over the years is so cool. Like I I will tell you at the end of the day today, I will write an entry and I will tell you, tell in my journal, I got to hang out with Matt and the awesome guys at the Essential 11 in in the podcast. And I can see five years ago, what I was going through on this day. And I can see those insights and how my thinking was growing and evolving. So multi ways of answering your question, Elliot, but it was a, those were some of the moments, but I would also encourage you guys as you go through those things to, instead of, I heard someone say, don't get furious, get curious, Mm. don't get furious, get curious, you know, and then write down what you're learning. And like those insights will help you evolve over time. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh, um, the uh the the obstacle is the way that's the name of the book i'm looking for right? yep good one ryan holiday right and that's part of these guys i mean that's exactly it it's like that obstacle there is a lot that is the way you go through that and and, and it is the perspective shifter i love that you're saying that it's like hmm, what am i supposed to learn from this you know and staying curious on that kind of stuff it helps you avoid so much negativity that's not doing you any good it's not moving you forward it's not propelling anything and it allows you to just objectively take yourself out of the emotional part of the situation that puts blinders on us and go okay cool what are the lessons here i can be grateful for what i did learn and where was you know where did i maybe take a wrong turn where was the mistake whatever and um, it just informs things going forward man i love that and that 5 minute rule is great you know uh, i don't know if we have we talked about how before you and i brandon I've met Hal very briefly at, well, actually I met him more than once, but he hasn't been on the show and he's, he's a, he's friends with all these people that have been on my show. He's good friends with John Broman. He's good friends with, um, yeah. uh, uh, I'm, I'm blank, uh, J- Justin Donald. And he's also yeah. good friends with, he's like all these people that came from Cutco. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're all the Cutco guys. Yeah, totally. Man. John <laughs> exactly. And like all these Cutco, yeah, yeah. Cutco ninjas, man. Yeah. So how's it, how's a friend of mine, man? He's a good guy. Um, and I actually mm. just, I just had him. We finally connected on my 
podcast and we didn't we didn't have the uh the the apogee guys on that one but he and i just connected finally on a uh, on a podcast like two weeks ago maybe um oh, cool. and, uh, yeah and his best friend is in my sacramento okay has his kids at my sacramento location um hal is the one who introduced me to jeff hoffman who uh oh, cool. we got to have on too and got to have on here so yeah hal's a really really good guy and if you want uh, you know i can make a direct connction if, if that ever serves you too so, i i would i would greatly appreciate that and jeff yeah. jeff is actually going to come on my show here soon too hopefully yes. if i get that book from priceline yes. but, but he was one he was one of the first people he was the first i don't know if he's a billionaire uh, like I, I've, I've tried to do i know i know he's, he's he might be, he might be there but like yeah. I, he spoke at a keynote and here's another lesson i know you guys have hands i just get so excited i'm yes. sorry but like yes. but but I, I gave i gave a keynote and i ended up talking to jeff afterwards and uh he gave me his phone number uh i don't remember what i said or how how i did it but like yeah. i met him in 2016 when he came in and, or 20 i don't know when it was but like yeah. i asked i asked and like he I don't, I don't remember why he gave me his phone number but i just remember that was like a uh, uh, holy crap moment for yes. me it was just like somebody like jeff hoffman gave, gave me it. i think it was i was probably like 20 at the time but like yep. you know, he gave me the the 20 year old his phone number and so like these people are willing to contribute yes. i unfortunately hopefully some of the things that i can share with you guys and that matt's teaching you i didn't build that relationship over time it was just kind of a cool thing that i got his phone number yeah. uh, but hopefully with him coming back on the show i can i can uh reinvigorate that but uh yeah oh, jeff so is an awesome dude so <laughs> red. Jeff, jeff is one of my favorite people on the planet um for a number of reasons and he was amazing when he came on here with these guys and had him i mean he's just a phenomenal guy he is another one of those guys that i look you know very much look to as um you know just an inspiration for so much so oh, do you know so kelly bad. lovell um to- I, I do not okay I'll put a note. I'll talk about that. I don't want to take more time, but I'll okay. make a note of it. No worries. I got a note in, I got a note in here too about how. All right, Micah, go ahead, sir. Um, so I just had a question. It was kind of like a little ways back, but because I, Mr. Matt, I see that your like technique you saying was going into a job and like knowing your worth, like going into a speaking position and like asking for what you want. Mm. And Mr. Brandon was saying going with the mindset to serve the other person and how you can benefit them the most. What is, do you think is more effective? Like this for both of you guys, what's more effective in like a way to succeed? Mm. I like it. I like what you're saying. I think I, you know, I'm going to let Brandon answer that because he's the guest, but um, I think those are two different approaches for two different things. Yep. I would, I would agree, but I can, I can share, um, like I think it was Aiden that was nodding his head before. I think this kind of gets to like, how do you, the, the question behind the question I'm seeing Micah is essentially like, what approach do you take when you reach out to someone? Is that, is that kind of what you're getting to is like, how do you actually frame that? So like I can run you guys through the, the process that I always run through in my mind, like whenever I'm considering reaching out to someone um, and, and uh, it'll, it'll make it a lot easier, Micah. And I think, I think that'll maybe answer your question. So p- part one is the worthiness, which is like Matt, exactly what Matt said. It's kind of separate. Like you, you, you like, you have to have the confidence and the, the self-confidence to want to reach out to these people, but that's kind of a, a, a cloud above this concept. Right. And so this, this concept is now, now we'll talk about how do you reach out to someone? So there's three parts to the, my process. The first part is the compliment. The second part is the irresistible offer. And the third part is the no oriented question. So I, I can say it again, you guys can follow along if you're taking notes. So it, it's, it's, the, it's the compliment, the irresistible offer and the no oriented question. So the compliment in the, exactly what Matt was saying before, he, he said exactly how to do it. It's like, you have to do your research and connect with this person as a human being. Mm-hmm. A human being is the key word. It's like at the end of the day, 
one of the fundamental core human needs is love and connection, right? And like the, the, if, if you guys aren't on like LinkedIn that much right now, but Matt and I can open our, and maybe you are, but Matt and I can open our LinkedIn profiles right now. If I, if I did right now, and I could, I could read a, a string of people saying, it looks like we have mutual connections in common. We should connect or, um, uh, like, like I'm, we're doing X, Y, Z at the company. Can I have a 15 minute call? Or, you know, it's like, it's like all this stuff that it's like, they, that I, why they haven't even taken to time to know who I am. I would there, it's probably some automation that is copying and pasting the same crap to a bajillion people, right? You don't want to show up that way. You want to show up exactly what Matt said is you have to show up having done the research, but there's, there's, there's a line that I think is important to distinguish here. I used to call, I call it the stalker line, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you want to have, you want to have like one to two sentences to show that you care about them. But the moment it gets beyond a few sentences, it's like, okay, this is getting a little, if, if you're like, yo, your yeah. dog is so cute. And what you yeah. had for breakfast last week on Instagram is adorable. <laughs> and it's just like, then yeah. it's like, okay. I'm outside like, your house person. right now. Yeah, yeah totally. exactly. Like <laughs> I'm knocking on your window. Like your dress looks, you know, or your, your shirt looks cool. So it's like, it's just, it's succinct. And a way you can think about this is the loved plus specific formula. So like loved XYZ, specifically XYZ. So a way that this, actually, you know what? I pulled up the email before I sent to Matt. Let me, let me find, so like, <laughs> this is why I, when I reached out to Matt, we were, we talked about this. I said, checked out your site and LinkedIn profile. Love that you met your wife at Abercrombie and Fitch. Number one, love that you met your wife at Abercrombie Fitch. Two, awesome that you were a competitive kickboxer. And three, love your focus on impacting young men and, and, and the incredible humans you're bringing into your program. And so that was like what I mentioned to Matt. There is, there is no other person that I could copy and paste that message to and have it apply than Matt Bordreau. That's right. <laughs> you know, like it is, right. it is only him. I took the time to care and research him and, 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 and show that I, I wanted to give him that, that that um, genuine connection, right? So that's the first thing is like love plus specific. So that could be, you listen to a podcast episode, loved episode 47, specifically liked it when this guest talks about XYZ. Thank you so much. Checked out your your uh, your blog post. I, I love this specific part specifically. This this component is super helpful. Thank you so much. So it's, it's short, it's succinct. It shows that you cared. And the test at the end to know if you pass that is can you copy and paste it? I found, I used to think this was straightforward, but it's not straightforward. It really, I used to just say, do this, but then I found that people were having trouble with it is because if you find that you're using generalities inside of your thing, cause you could say, hey, I found this blog post and it was super valuable. Thank you so much. It, it like, yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you found the title of the blog post and that you showed you read it and you said it was great, which is good, but it's not deep enough. Like, like what is the sentence? What is the thing that stuck out to you? What is, what is the thing that, that there, like find that one thing. So that's the, the compliment part. The next part is the irresistible offer. And so this goes directly, uh, back to the, the initial question here. It's like, how do you, I think it was Micah. It was like, do you like, do you reach out saying your competent is what I'm worth or like, what's the value add? So again, we separate, we're, we separated those, right? Like the, the, the self-worth is living out here. We're talking about something else. It is always, and I, I don't like making blanket statements, but I, I will make a blanket statement here. You always have to think about it. What is in it for the other person? Yes. It is like, like you, you have to put yourself in their shoes. What are they looking for? What is valuable to them? How can you contribute to things that would help and support them and what they're doing? So let's go back to when I first reached out to Jonathan. If you guys ever wanted to do something similar and find someone to reach out to, I think this is probably the most concrete thing that you guys could go and apply. As soon as we hang up this call, you could write a message like this. So who's that person you want to reach out to? 
an irresistible offer um, is where you come up with something that specifically could add value to them and you, you, you put that in this section. So there's a quote by Dean Jackson and this might go a little bit over, but like, but, but this is, this is really relevant. A compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. Mm. A compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. The problem that most people have today is they're doing rooftop marketing. People are trying to convince you to do something. No one likes to be sold something. People love to buy, but they hate to be sold, right? That is how we operate. Like you don't like the sleazy car salesman, but if you ride up into a Tesla dealership and they're like, Hey, go have fun. And like, if you want to buy it, go click on the website and you can have your own Tesla. That's yeah. How, like that's how they sell. There's not yeah. a lick of like, go buy this stuff. Right. So that's the vibe. That's what you're trying to create is like, how can you create uh, something that is so valuable where they want to lean in and find out more about you? Now, here's an intricacy that's specific for you guys. That is really relevant here. You may be wondering what value do I have to provide to this person that I'm reaching out to. Right. And I'm sure Matt's teaching you guys about how to build your skill sets and how to be more valuable. And all that stuff is super, super relevant here. But here's the interesting part. I believe in Matt. I'm curious to get your perspective here. Again, going back to the cultural fit, you already showed that you cared about them. If you do some level of research and you come up with ways that you can help add value to them, even if you're off the mark, even if it's not relevant for them, the fact that you took the time and came up with something specific and proposed it to them shows that you are the kind of person that they want to hang out with. So hopefully that alleviates some of the pressure. You don't have to have the perfect project, the perfect idea with X, Y, Z. But if you say, if you do a little bit of research, you subscribe to their newsletter, you follow their site, you see what they're posting on social media, you come up with a few ideas and, and like you, you send it to them. They're going to see that you care and that you're proactive and you're coming up with ideas and ways to support them. And that's infinitely more valuable than not doing this at all. Right. So don't worry about getting it right. It's the effort and the care that you're putting into it that, that matters so much more. So, um, so, so that, that, yeah. Do you want to jump in there, Matt? Uh, it's so good, man. It's the, it is, I mean, that is, that is so powerful. You guys, it's, it's, um, it's this hero concept on both sides. And here's what I mean by that. It is, First and foremost, what he said, it's the effort that that matters, right? When you want to connect with somebody that you're taking the time, there's that effort there. And it's the hero mindset of, of heroic uh, masculinity. It's heroic behavior. It's heroically what you're going to do, which means uh, you are a value-driven, character-driven individual. It's why we start out, why your month one project and challenge is getting back in the habit of yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, shaking hands, opening doors, you're getting back to honoring other people, being character driven, and that alone sets you apart, right? It's this heroic behavior that sets you apart. So you're doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So he's talking about that exact same thing. You're going out and trying to provide value to somebody uh, and you're making that effort because it's the right thing to do. So that's showing your character. And then on the other side of that heroic mindset is exactly the other thing he was talking about. I tell you guys, the, part, the, the, the whole reason behind this program is so that you guys aren't apathetic bystanders while somebody else writes the life story of your script and puts you as this kind of bystander in your own story, right? We want you to be able to write your own script. When you are connecting with somebody else, you want to reiterate that you are helping them be the hero in their own script. You are putting them there. You are making that compelling offer about how they are 
the hero in their own script, and you're going to help them to continue on their mission. You are putting their needs first. You are providing value to them on that. It's it's genius the way that, that he's approaching that. And that's exactly how we do it. Yeah. So normally I'm not like, no, normally I don't share it like this level of prescriptiveness, but I think that I'll give you guys a really concrete way that you can do this. So it'll make it easier for you guys specifically to apply here. And this is, this is a, a refinement that I've come up with over the years. I'm really, I don't know how I came across what well, I thought of this. So I, I, I'll pat myself on the back for it, but, <laughs> but basically the, the, the issue with some of these emails too, is they tend to get kind of long, right? So you don't, the, the thing that I used to do is I would come up with these ideas and I would send it to them. But I will say, even if you wrote the perfect email, like the moment that Matt opens it and he sees a wall of text, it's, he, he's yep. probably not going to read it, yep. you know, or like, or like maybe he will, but like, like it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, Matt, but it's just like, when you, when I, when you get one of those, it's just like, Oh, what is this? And then like, like, let me skim through it. So it's like, you have to be conscious about the fact that like, you have to communicate your ideas succinctly. Yeah. This is a slight tangent, but I truly believe one of the most fundamental skill sets that anyone can learn at an early age. I'm grateful that I learned, I started picking it up in college, but no one will ever tell you about this as a fundamental skill set and it's copywriting. <laughs> Most people don't even know what copywriting is. It's not yeah. copywriting the legal thing, copywriting, yes. W-R-I-T-I-N-G. How do you, because it's all about psychology and it's basically salesmanship right. in print. But if you can understand how people work um, and, and like, and, and how these sales letters work, it will help you exponentially. It'll help you be a, a clearer thinker and like a, a, a tangent on a tangent. I think it's super important to think about first principle skill sets. What are the first principles that you know will always be true and reason up from there? There's so much noise yes. right now about like, even if we're talking about business, it's like, do TikTok, do YouTube, do the, like XYZ. Those are all the high level surface things and they will change as the years go on. But right. if you understand the levels underneath them, communication, the, the, the fundamental skill set that Matt's teaching and, and copywriting, I'll add that in there if that's not already yes. in there. That is one of the things that will serve you very well. So long way of going around to the answer is like, you the, the this next section when you're coming up with the irresistible offer here's the here's something here's the refinement that i've learned is that um i'll say something along the lines of i came up with three specific ideas about how i can support you and you can put three bullet points underneath that like here's a general here's this idea here's this idea i put together a google doc that expands on these ideas there's there's now that that is that is gold right there and i'll tell you why that's gold it's because it allows you to jump to a different medium in which you open up a Google doc and you expect to read more text. You expect right. that there's more there than an email. Yep. Right. And so, so that's, that's the refinement here that I think is really key. If you're sending these things to someone say, I came up with three specific ideas and then use a bullet point here, the three ideas I put together a Google doc that fleshes these ideas out more. Right. So like, We'll back up a second. You took a second to care about them. You created something irresistible. You show that you did the work ahead of time, right? They're they're intrigued. And the the, the actually the funny thing is, um, I'm learning this from a, a good friend of mine, Michael Roderick. I'm in one of his masterminds right now. But it's like the human brain is so curious. Like if you if you give it, there's a reason why things live on cliffhangers on all these on these shows that you watch, right? It's like you don't give away the answer. If you give away the answer, then there's nothing more to look forward to. But if you just right. hint that you did the research ahead of time and you came up with these ideas, and here's a high level of it is, but you're not giving it all away, that actually makes it more curious. They want to respond, whereas 
earlier on when I would write these, I would put every, I would put all my ideas, all my research just right on the, right on, right yes. on the email. And then it was probably really intimidating. So anyways, compliment irresistible offer with that format I talked about. So now the last part is the no oriented question. How do you conclude this in a way that makes them want to lean in and respond to you? So I learned this from Chris Voss. He wrote the book, uh, Never Split the Difference. He's an ex-FBI hostage negotiator. So this is the dude that's on the phone with a lunatic in the basement of a bank about to blow up the whole place. What do you say to that guy to make him not do something crazy, right? And kill a bunch of people. One of the things he talks about is this concept of a no-oriented question. And this is basically... Every single day, we have a finite amount of yeses that we can give, right? Because what does it mean when you say yes to something? He, he did do a masterclass, Micah, and it's a really good one. Um, it, it, um, every time you say yes, it means you're giving away your time, your energy, your money, your effort, something, right? But on the opposite side, saying no makes us feel secure. It makes us feel safe. And so if you're asking these like heavily loaded, like, can I send this over? Which again, going back to the fundamental principle of like people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. If you're saying, can I send this over to you? It's, it's the equivalent of like saying, let me, let me do this. Whereas if you say, and this is take, take note of this, if you're going to send this email, this is what I would say is I would say it's a hundred percent up to you, but would you be opposed to me sending over the Google doc for you to check out? end with a question mark and do not put a single thing after that question mark except for your name because because they're skimming now, now now let's think about the psychology behind this even a little bit more is because someone's skimming through this they see it ends in a question mark and they know that they have to respond to it yep. and you guys don't know this because you don't get that many emails as much right now but like Matt and I know that the emails that are sitting in our email inbox right now that we haven't responded to that, like, we know we kind of need to get to, but like, we don't want to get to, it's the things that require you to do that thing and come back and do the research or talk to this person. And then it's like, you don't, you end up not responding. But if you look at, you look at the structure of what we just created here, it's like, you showed that you cared about the person, you created something super valuable for them. And then you simply asked with a question at allowing them to lean in. And now, and, and, and at this point too, it's like, I'm not asking for a call. Right. You're not asking for a call because a call is a lot, but saying yes to checking out a document is a small ask that you can have that then makes them curious to engage in a conversation with you. Yeah. So I, I mean, that that is the high level of the process that I teach. I call it the magic connection method. So it's the, the compliment, the irresistible offer, and the no oriented question. You guys, so I, so, you know, when I threw out that number earlier, you know, 15, 15,000, whatever. So like if a company brings, if a company brings me in to, uh, to, to work with them, usually the way it'll go is I'll come in and I'll do a keynote for the company first or the association first, right? I'll be a 45 minute to an hour keynote. And that's usually all travel, all food. Um, and then for me to spend 45 minutes to an hour on the stage, it's somewhere between 15 and $20,000, right? And then if we're going to go in further and go down and, and kind of dive into their processes and all this kind of stuff, then, then it, the, the package starts to exponentially get greater. What they're bringing me in to talk about is, you know, it's understanding generations, understanding generational context, and it's understanding how to communicate, how to sell, how to do certain things within a, a generational context, right? One of the things that I'm working with a research firm on, one of the things that we're talking about that's so powerful is exactly what Brandon has just 
figured out um, through through doing these things. It's this low ticket entry to community to further communication. Right. So he's talking about coming in, providing that value and having a very low ticket. Like it, it piques that curiosity. There's some value there. There's a personal touch there. And then it, and it just invites you to further communication. Right. So when I work at these companies talking about if you're going to send out an email to somebody, if you can do something in a quick video, great. If it's going to if you're going to get the message across in a quick picture. Awesome. Otherwise, bullet points benefit right? To, and then the, the quick question and make it bullet points, make it easy and invite them to a further communication, invite them to a bigger email. Same thing on the phone. You know, there's companies are saying we're having a really hard time getting our clients on the phone or getting these people. Cool. You send a text first and it's a very low ticket. Hey, here's what's going on. And I'd love to just take three minutes of your time to ask you this question as well. And you get that phone call. It's brilliant, man. And it is how people are preferring to communicate. hundred percent, hundred percent. So dang good. No, this is this is awesome. Aiden, I know you had your hand up earlier. Did you have something you want to ask or did we already did we already hit it for you, sir? Uh, no, sir. As far as I, I was just going to ask the, uh, the specific tactics along with the strategies that Mr. Fong has already alluded to, but I'll go ahead and sideline that since I think that you've pretty well beat that question out. Awesome. So good, man. Oh, um, I've got a million. So I'm just taking notes, not just on everything that we're talking about, but I'm taking notes on all these. Like, hey, I want to make sure to connect you with how I want to talk to you about like I'm, I'm already even just in more conversation. I'm looking at some other ways where I'm going, OK, um, here's some things that are going on. And I think connecting with Brandon on this would be good. I mean, this is how this is how these things, you know, formulate, man. And so um, I'm so I'm so grateful for for you and for your time and your relationship and you pouring into these guys and everything you are doing to the world uh, for the world. I just um, gosh, man, I, I my mind gets swirling so much every time I every time I get to chat with you. Brother. <laughs> um, Thanks so much, time. man. Do you have time for one more? We got Caleb just popped his hand up. Dude, I got, I blocked off time for you guys. Like I'm so here, I, I, I got, I got time. I'm here to contribute. So let me know what you need. You're so rad. Caleb, go ahead, sir. I just wanted to say thank you, sir. Oh, of course, awesome. man. That's Thanks. So cool. if, if you could do me a favor, Caleb, just like, I mean, I'll give you guys all my email and like, maybe, maybe, uh, no, it's fine. If, if it's even, if it's even on the podcast too, but uh, uh, Brandon at brandonfong.co, uh, that would be, the easiest way I'll put it in the chat here. Uh, there you go. So there, there's my email. Shoot me an email. If you, if you want me to uh, review something, if you got something just like, please make sure it's like well thought out and you've like come up with the, the email outreach that you want to send. Uh, I'd be more than happy to record like a quick video and I'll go through and I'll, I'll give you guys some feedback if you send it. Or actually when I gave a keynote on this, I don't know if you want to do this, Matt, if you want to, if you want to push me to do this, but if you guys want to all put it on one Google doc, if you guys have a bunch of people that you want to reach out to, then I can review the Google doc at one time and you guys can see the feedback across multiple, multiple ones. Um, so whatever it is, like, uh, let, let me know, but that might be probably the best way to do it. If you have multiple people that are considering reaching out and doing that kind of stuff. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Um, so one of our graduates, one of our graduate leaders, so either Aiden or Will or Benaya, will one of you guys take on um, kind of taking on that Google Doc and, and see if we can get everybody connected. Aiden, would you do that? Yes, sir. And then if I could just shoehorn in a question real quick, since you let me speak anyway. As far as Mr. Fong, uh, going from online methods to offline methods to the tactics or the strategies, did they change at all? Or is it effectively the same thing on paper? Mm, great question. Um, 
I, and again, I don't, I don't know the curriculum that well, but I just, I just can only imagine knowing Matt, like what he, what he's teaching you guys. It's like, it's, it's all these like interpersonal things that like, that's really where this, this stuff kind of comes in. Um, but I, it's, going back to like first principle stuff, I was just talking about this the other day. And when I say first principle that, that comes from physics, I'm pretty sure. And this is, it's basically, they study like the most fundamental things and then they reason up from what they know to be true rather than like, oh, this person said this, let me build off of that. Mm-hmm. First principle skill sets, like learning, learning these connection skills, um, and, and just figuring out how you can really support and connect with someone. It's like, I actually, you know what, I will say something as I'm talking, I'm coming up with an answer, Aiden, and it is like, like the ne- here's a challenge for anyone. The next time you have a conversation with somebody that you don't know that you just met, see how little you can talk about yourself. Mm. See how much you can ask questions and be engaged with them and, and, and poke deeper and find out more about them and what they're passionate about. Um, and like, they will tell you you're the most interesting person on the planet and they know nothing about you. Um, and so that is, that is a really, if I were to assign one thing, as far as like connecting with people goes, it's like develop that skill set, develop the skill set of asking questions and finding out what, what makes someone tick, what makes them excited, because it's like, who's winning this, this comes from, uh, I had a global negotiation specialist on, on my show and it's like, who's winning in a negotiation. Is it the person that's talking or the person that's listening? It's the person that's listening mm-hmm. because they're getting more information about who this other human is and how they see the world, how they operate. And we love connecting with people that, that like understand us, right? Like that's just how humans work. And so the more you can get to know someone, uh, the more they're interested in, in finding out about you afterwards, it, it's kind of a weird way of doing it or um, counterintuitive, I would say. But I would say that's probably the biggest thing, Aiden, is like figuring out like how you can just be going back to the curiosity, like being more curious about who it is that you're in front of them and figuring out how you can add value to them and, and what they're excited about. And I would say like, now I'm, now I'm going on another tangent, but like the, if you go listen to my podcast, which I would, I would love for all you guys to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I know it's branded around millennials and that kind of stuff, which is, it could or could not be a mistake. I don't know. We'll see. But um, like, if you go and listen, I would encourage you to go listen to the first question that I ask people when they come on the show. I spend a lot of time thinking about the first question that I ask, because I want to ask a question that drops them into a story that they get to share something about them and their humanity. And like that is there, there's a lot that goes into like thinking about that. So like I had on the former chief business officer of Google X on my podcast a few weeks ago, Mo Gaudat, he wrote the book Solve for Happy, one of my, probably the favorite episode I've ever done. So if you're going to go pick one, just like listen to that one, just nuts. So, so good. But the first question I asked him, I said, Mo, I would love for you to tell me about your most prized possession. And it's an unopened container of hand cream. Would you mind sharing why that's important to you? And like, now you're all wondering what the heck is it with it? So like it, it simultaneously engages the audience. They're like, what the heck does hand cream have to do with anything that's the former chief business officer of Google X? And like Mo was like, you'll, you'll see if you listen to it, he's like, oh my God, you dive right in, don't you? It's like, I think it's exactly <laughs> what he says. And like, uh, it, maybe I'll leave that on a cliffhanger and you can find out why that's his, that's his thing. But um, it's moving and uh, it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy powerful, that story. And uh it's, and then it only gets better from there. Cause every time Mo opens up his mouth, it's like, oh man, what did you just say? <laughs> so, so good. Cold. Oh, so good, man. Um, gentlemen. So 
you know, and, and we, so Brandon, first of all, would you please come back for a round two? Because, oh, absolutely. And, you, you know, you knew I would, you knew my answer to that. <laughs> I mean, gosh, man, because I, I want to do it. And I wish I didn't, you know, unfortunately I have to, um, I'll have a hard stop with these guys today too, cool. uh, for, for another meeting. So I definitely want to have you back for a round two. I'm excited to come, um, chat with you. I'm also going to come. I also want to connect with you, um, offline here, you know, maybe this weekend, um, so I'm gonna send you a video cause I got some things that I want to send you and, and I have some more ideas too swirling around. So, cool. um, but before, you know, we've got young listeners, we've got parents, we've got uh, entrepreneurs, we have a lot of other podcast hosts um, that I know for a fact, you know, listen to this too. So how would you have any of them go support you? Obviously, we have the podcast, um, but where can we go to support what you're doing? Yeah. Um, shoot me an email again. I think that's probably the easiest. I'm going to find out how I can best support you and maybe send you uh, on, on your way. So that's Brandon at Brandon Fong.co. Uh, it's F O N G. That's the easiest thing. Otherwise, um, I put together a checklist that has the whole magic connection method process mm -hmm. that will allow you to kind of the next time you, you pull up an email and you want to reach out to people um, that you can just have that ready. Um, so I'll create the URL on the fly. I'll make sure that I create it uh, afterwards, but I, I bought the domain from Nigeria in case you're like, what the heck is that? Cause I wanted the domain Bfong for Brandon Fong. Yeah. So my, my, it's a, it's a short link that I own, uh, but I'll make the short link bfo.ng slash E11 for essential 11. So that's, that's bfo. Awesome dot ng slash e11 and i'll show you guys I'll, I'll i'll make sure that that goes to a spot where you can grab the magic connection method uh pdf um and some of, if you're if you're a young listener some of the languaging on that page may not make make sense because it's geared more towards the the people that are listening that might might uh be more for podcasting and leveraging and building these relationships but i grab it and i promise it's exactly what we talked about today about those through those three steps and uh might give you some a succinct way of thinking about it when you make that next next outreach so awesome man um brandon you are a uh you are a, a genius of a human being, and I believe that every person has a genius, but I believe you're stepping into to yours, and I think there's an exponential reach because of that. Um, and so I'm just grateful to be in, in that uh, you know sphere of influence um, and to be able to support that in any way, man. It is, uh, it is my honor, and it is my Thank pleasure. Thank you so much. Man. Feeling is mutual, my friend. You have now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes.